from the Toad Hop Network studios. In Hollywood, this, this is the ToadHopNetwork.com. It's a groovy way of relaxing. Radio worth watching. Radio worth watching. I think when it says, now it's time for Jonathan to start the show, that's pretty much my cue to start the show. And that show is Geekscape. Um, welcome to Geekscape. We're going to be talking movies, video games, comic books, and television, and basically all things geek. This was a big week with E3 here in Los Angeles, and I did attend. Checked out all the uh, offerings from Sony, Microsoft, and Nintendo, and more. We'll be talking about that. I am joined in the studio today, as I am. I think every week we've had a, a really great guest, and uh, this this week is no exception. Uh, we've got um, over here my good buddy EJ De La Peña, uh, former childhood actor. He did the. Did you go through the drug phase? Like, did you go through like the dr the DUI I, drug phase as a child actor? I try not to talk about it because it's kind of. Okay, yeah. got it, got it. Um, no, wait, what are you talking about? It's great publicity. <laughs> Every former child star I know, like that you read Not about, like, well, I mean, you know, what? Yeah. you know, I could show you my track marks. You know, that, that would. We'll, good, we'll, you know. we'll start there and we'll go from there. Um, and then uh, Cass Anvar, did I pronounce that correctly? You did Anvar, and uh, exactly. he's a Canadian actor, but you guys may recognize his voice from Assassin's Creed Revelations. This guy's got quite the laundry list of credits uh, if you guys are video gamers and film goers too because he did Halo 4, Assassin's Creed Revelations, Call of Duty Black Ops 2, Command and Conquer, End of Nations, Star Wars Clone Wars. The game or the, the show? Both? Uh, the show. The show. The all right, show. all right. And then um, if you like his face, you may recognize her from Argo in the upcoming Diana film. That uh, the trailer just came out uh, like yesterday. The whole like, like Diana? Thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They did the big launch uh, worldwide. And uh, are, are you in the trailer? I am, yeah. You can see I, me, I haven't seen it yet. You can see me uh, giving Princess Di the kiss, and uh, I think I'm on a newspaper. There's a, it's just it's a, a no-dialogue trailer. It's a, it's but who do you a, play? It's a teaser. I'm Dodie Fayette. Oh, my God. Oh, you didn't know that? You didn't know No, that? I mean, listen, guys. I came in. I came into the studio like a hot rock, and, and when I leave the studio, I, I gotta know, go you back. Were, you were choking my, that, that chicken Ooh, salad. Like a, I came. <laughs> it was egg, like I, like I, I picked possessed. up an egg salad sandwich, and I only had time to eat it, and uh, and that's about it. Because if if this show had started any earlier, you would have seen me like. I've never seen anybody put two pieces of <laughs> in your mouth and swallow it. At least not for chewing. free. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, you're a regular at Comic Con, etc. And um, I think I think the, the geekscapists know all about you. Uh, at least, definitely from video games, because that's that's the bread yeah. and butter with these geeks. Um, I've just recently started with the Comic Con circuit. I'm I'm uh, doing signings and autograph sessions. Uh, Do you like it? Do you like the Comic Con? Like, I tell love me, tell me straight up. The Comic Con circuit. I mean, maybe ten years from now I won't. But right. I've been doing it for two years. I love it. I love uh, the fans. Right. I love. I mean. I think it would be different if I wasn't a geek and a gamer and a comic book collector and a fantasy head myself. Right. Because uh, I see – I was at my last con in Detroit. I was uh, sitting beside Margot Kidder on one oh, side. Oh, really? And Walter Koenig on the other. And you can, these are these are veterans, right? Of course. These guys are like science fiction Of course. You got Lois. Veterans. You got the Star Trek and, classic. And uh, – 
you can see they've been doing this for a while. Mm-hmm. You know, here I am. I'm standing up the whole time. And they're and, jaded? Or are they like, uh. I wouldn't say jaded, but they're like, they're like, they're just living their lives, having around, shooting. And then the fans come up and they're signing and they're back. Me, I'm like, I'm like in everybody's, hey, man, that's me. Cast out of <laughs> right. Like, it's like, it's a couple, maybe 10 years from now, I'm going to be a bit jaded, too. What, now, what, right what now, uh, you, you'll just be going there looking for, like, chicks. Be like, uh, well, basically, that's what. Well, now you figured out why yeah. I go there. It's a, it's a chick fest, right? <laughs> EJ, do people recognize you from Jingle All the Way? Oh, on occasion. Have you seen <laughs> this <laughs> guy? I saw this guy's trailer the other day and his fight scene. This guy does this, this Jingle All the Way. Ninja, I don't know what movie. Well, what is movie that? Was that's it? A, that was Run Ronnie Run. It was something I did. Yeah. Oh, when I was David 13. Schwimmer. That was yeah. insane. David Schwimmer directed that. Yeah. Yeah. And he was a ninja. He was like fighting and nunchucking and Are you, I gotta I gotta look that up. It was ridiculous. Yeah, uh, and, I've never seen and, movie. I, and I do a lot of fights and I could tell he was doing a lot of his own stuff. Oh yeah. Because it was uh, sloppy was as shit. Because <laughs> hey, it was hey. like improvised. <laughs> well no, like basically he's like, I do a lot of fights, I can tell he was making it up as it goes along. No, 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 no. I mean normally safety regulations went out the window. <laughs> no, when you see a thirteen year old kid pick up a hundred and ninety pound guy. Okay. Holy yeah. shit. Yeah, that was yeah, fun. They normally put a stuntman in. They shoot it from behind. I'll they, do it. They do all sorts of crazy stuff. They don't, put, like, they, put, they don't put the actor in the situation. They right. put a stuntman. This guy, the camera was on his face, and he was he was wigging out. And hey, he was, uh, was kicking ass. I was really impressed. I could just see the That's AD, like, uh, the, the, the producer going to the AD and be like, hey, listen, uh, we're, we're going to shave some money off this budget and not get a stunt guy. Uh, do you think Mongo can do his own stunts? <laughs> <laughs> do you think Mongo over there can do his own oh. stunts? Exactly. You're in a fucking bamboo cage, like, eating shit. And you're like, let him out. Out. Burst out. How'd you know? Um, oh my gosh, no that's insurance. exactly how it was. I, I, no see, it. No on the I see it in your eyes. It's um, like a Hong Kong that's movie. My favorite kind of movie, dude. That's crazy. So, what do most people know you from when they come to up to you at a con? Uh, Handsome guy. Ass- at the Assassin's con? Creed Revelations as Altair. Yeah, that's that's the biggie. And uh, uh, second one would be Halo Four. Right. Um, a lot of people have seen this movie called Neverland, which is like the Peter Prang. Yeah, yeah, the one with Johnny Depp. No, no, we, we, no! It's a four-hour miniseries on sci-fi. Oh what? yeah, yeah, yeah. With um, uh, Reese Evans, Anna Friel, Bob Hoskins, and it was like a prequel to Peter Pan. Okay, so how how they all got their powers, how they got to Neverland. What it is really dark, dangerous. Sexy. I know it was sad. Too. And I played uh, I played an Italian pirate, kind of like Johnny Depp. Right. Now that you mentioned, it. that's, that's <laughs> the segment. Right. Yeah. But you, but and, and people recognize you from that. They, they do. Yeah. Because I guess they're all watching sci-fi. They're all watching, they're all watching sci-fi. And uh, what else have I done? That's that's the main sci-fi geek thing. They, a lot of them seem fan. Oh, Lost, big mm-hmm. one. I'm a, I was Saeed's brother on Lost. That's awesome. I was in Transformers. I was in the Phantom. I played a real badass in the Phantom. Jesus, um, this dude's in a lot of stuff. <clears throat> yeah, that's that's. Oh, and Source Code. Source, yeah. Source Code. Yeah, I was the guy that Jake Gyllenhaal had the fist fight with. On that's the right. Train track. In but the, I, I like to think of that as you the are fight. in the Source Code. You are in the source code. <laughs> Jeffrey Wright, you are in the source code. I didn't know Arnold Schwarzenegger was in that. I don't know. Like, um, hey, you guys are the thespians. I'm, I'm just the idiot with the microphone. You are in the source code. <laughs> remember how Je- remember that remember that the trailer is like, you are in the source code. Whatever the hell Jeffrey Wright it's kept true. saying over no, and over again. I was right. like, Jesus. You, know, you are he, in the source code. Me of, uh, you are in the source code. He reminded me of the guy from Mist. Oh, Do you remember that old yeah, guy from I love Mist? that CD-ROM oh, game, wait, Mist. Yeah. Oh, I don't remember the old it's guy. It's a CD-ROM game. Yeah. <laughs> so, that, that dated me a little bit. So, no, 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 no. We're, we're, all, we're all gamers here. Well, I mean, did, did you come to Hollywood? Were you still live in Canada? No, I'm in Los Angeles. You live in Los Angeles. Yeah, did yeah. you? I mean, but when you came to Hollywood, was there an aspiration? Was it even an industry to like be like, I'm going to video game voiceovers? You know what? It would have been a dream, a fantasy. No, I did not. I came here to act. I, I came here for movies and television. I didn't realize uh, what ga- the gaming industry was. I came about seven years ago, and it was just as the gaming industry was starting to kick off with Call of Duty and and Halo and that. And um, <clears throat> I lucked into it. My, I got a voice agent and. Uh, 
she sent me out for Assassin's Creed. And, and by the way, you don't know. When you're going for games, games are more top secret. And, like, I just auditioned for some game. I don't even know what it was. Right. Like codenamed this and that. But when I auditioned for, for Call of Duty, it was a, codenamed Eclipse. Okay. Uh, which has nothing to do with the game. Right. Uh, when I auditioned for uh, Assassin's Creed, uh, I can't remember even what it was called, but it had nothing to do with Assassin's Creed. My character's name Hide was... Hide the Hamburger? In, Hide the Hamburger <laughs> uh, in Baghdad. <laughs> I think is what it was called, and uh, I auditioned for a character. Didn't know what it was. Finally, I got it. They call. They said you got Altair, and I went, huh? What? And I went and right. googled it. And I went, holy crap! Like how much? Did they <laughs> but how much do they describe the character? You know what I mean? Uh, At that point, they in the really first, don't until uh, you book the role. Oh really? Yeah. Wait, like, how do you audition? You're in there going like, hi, kids. How's it going? I'm going to assassinate everybody. And all of a sudden, they're like, um, exactly. well, let me You've give you a little bit of you know, like, how do you not know anything about the character if you're going to audition? You get a, you get a breakdown of the character. It says heroic bad guy or this that and you get a bit thing but you go in for Assassin's Creed I went into the studio normally I put my stuff on tape at home and I okay. it in but this one I went in the studio had a camera on me and there was a director there and they just she gave me a couple of notes and she said try it like this try it a little more like this modify your voice like this um, and then you book it and then you go in and then a week later, you go in and the director of Ubisoft Gaming there the director of Assassin's Creed the writer's wow. there and they're like okay uh, Altair is the legend wow so, you know Ezio's the badass Altair is the legend. He's the Captain Kirk of the franchise. He is like the one on whom all of the creed is based and blah, blah, blah. And so you get a half hour kind of prep session right before you start. What? And I have to create And you'd love to do like all this legend. research. As an actor, you'd love to go back and be like, guys, give and me a week. And you can't really read the script because the script, I mean, you got the script in advance. But, it's, I, uh, but it's like, it's one yeah. liners. Uh-huh. You don't really know what's going on. There's a little bit of a description of the scene. Okay. But it's, it's so like, you, they don't give anything away. Mm-hmm. Until you get in the room, and then they'll show you this really, really rough version of the the CGI that's going to happen, uh-huh. and it's basically like stick figures and like guys. It's like a game called H- Hide the Hamburger, exactly. <laughs> and so you you have to basically wing it and hope that they chose you for a reason. And uh, and I just took the direction that they gave me. One one really interesting thing about the Altair one in Assassin's Creed Revelations is I had to age him from the age of thirty to ninety, Actually, well, 20, yeah, yeah, 20, yeah. 23 to ninety. And um, how'd you do that? Well, I started him off like uh, Altair ibn Lahat. I had to make him very uh, heroic, very young, and very passionate. Right. He was very stern. He doesn't smile a lot. Did you ask them to break it up, or did you have to jump between the two? They chose. They okay. did the scenes in the order that was best for them. Okay. And then as I got him older, I uh, kind of aged him a little bit, made him a little more breathy. But one of the things that <laughs> got we, asthma. We, we, he, has, uh, he smokes yeah. a lot. You know, oh, there you go. Of, uh, yeah. Turkish cigars. You know? Okay. But the first time we did it... Um, I went in a different direction for his agent. I made him a little more uh, like this, and um, he was uh, a little more feeble and venerable. And they sent that off to Ubisoft, and then weeks later, we get a phone call, and he's like, like, Ubisoft doesn't like it. He's not heroic enough. And I'm like, oh, okay, well, why didn't you tell me that? Yeah. And so we reworked it. <laughs> Sounds like a watch we, salesman. Like, it's like, no, no, don't, you know what I mean? Exactly. Like, like he's got to be the bull. And when I heard it again, I'm like, I'm like, that's totally not heroic. Yeah, we shouldn't have never done that voice. You could play a watch salesman. I think that would be awesome. Yeah, and I played a vacuum cleaner salesman. Did you really? In source code. <laughs> oh, yeah, right. <laughs> you may think I was the terrorist, but <laughs> no. I was the vacuum cleaner right, salesman. Right, right. That's Ho- awesome. Hoover. In the source code, in the f- and that's what you know—that's your story, and you're sticking to it, right? So, yes. source code director Duncan—I <laughs> I follow Duncan Jones, the director of Source Code on Twitter, and Rockstar, he, total rockstar. I love that guy, and we did interview him at the red carpet in South by for Source Code, and sweetest guy, and so he's a huge geek and gamer and comic book collector. Crazy, like well, he, he plays like MMOs and all this stuff. I'm like, how do you get movies made? If you're and so like, is playing his, MMOs uh, his producing partner Stuart Finnegan, who's my paintball buddy. Oh, really? Huge gamer. Comic so, book whoa, freak. You go so, he, so he did yeah. not. 
I pay Paul. Why did you not tell me this? You should uh, totally go with EJ. He's the biggest target you, you can Paul? bring with you. Exactly. Uh, See, there we go. You know, I, I just you want to be one of the swap it's like, bastards. It's like, bringing, it's like bringing a target and a shield at the I'll same time. Okay. Depending on what team he's on, it's like okay, bringing a target Stuart, and a shield with so you. So I'm bringing EJ to the next swap bastard <laughs> tournament. Just so you know. I'll be the guy who runs out in front at the very beginning and takes all the hits so you guys don't. He's our tank. No, we, have, we have daggers, yeah, yeah. we have tanks. What you got to do is light them on fire and roll them down the hill at the there enemy. <laughs> Dude, EJ, that's hilarious. Awesome. Um, You're in, man. So, uh, so I'm following him on, on Twitter, and he's like, uh, Duncan Jones like didn't have a pass to E3. And he's just like hanging out. In the what? Hall- he was just like hanging out in the hallways. With, like, taking See, that's with what pisses me off. Why the hell is Duncan Jones not in E3? I don't know. He should they totally don't know that he's a huge gamer. Like huge gamer. Okay, me? Yeah. No pass to E3. But did you go well, out what? and did you try and get one? No. I'm not going to no. go and, like hang out like a like a beggar in, no, 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 in E3. No, 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 no. I don't I don't mean that. I mean this is Where the crazy Where did Duncan thing. go cuz I would have gone there. Well, here's the crazy thing. He just went out and, like he was in the entryway and stuff like taking pictures of the fans. And what I was doing was I went to lunch one day uh, so yesterday. He's smarter than I am. Yesterday I'm leaving I'm uh, I leave the <clears throat> convention center to go to lunch and there are these two guys who look like they work in the gaming industry. They're close to 50. They're buttoned up in slacks, and they're sitting there, and I'm like, oh, they might work for Activision or, or EA or something. And they're they're standing by LA Live, and they go, hey, man, uh, can you sell me your pass? <laughs> and I'm like, what the hell? Like, they're like, like, like scalpers, like if, if reverse you're, if, scalpers. Yeah, yeah, if you're used to going to, like, Laker games down there, you see the people are like, yo, 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 you got to get, like, you want to sell your tickets? You know, and it's like, it, it's yeah. almost like a skid row type. And I had these two dudes who looked posh, like, standing there being like, like men in black. Yeah, they were like, excuse me, sir, uh, are you planning on going back into the event? Would you be willing to sell your pass? And I was like, what the, f- no. Part with it, your certificate? Excuse now, me, see, sir. see, what you don't know is they're trying to get you pinched. Sorry, you whatever. Know, they're, yeah, they're actually yeah, they're actually uh, working they're for undercover. E3. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah, and they're like, oh, like, we got one. We're smart like that. We yeah. got one. We got because one. We got someone trying to scout. That's worth I, the I had a, bl- I had a, I did have a blast. Buyer. I did oh, yeah. have a blast at E3. But let's pause real quick. This this caller's been trying a, a, few, a few minutes. Let's, oh, let's, hey. let's, let's pick it up. Callers. Uh, hey, you're on the line with Geekscape. Sorry, we took a while to pick up your phone call. No, it's cool. This is George Jonathan. I actually tweeted you while you were at D3 about Watchdogs. Hey, George, I actually did get a chance to sit in on the on the Watchdogs demo. And yeah, go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. No, no, go go ahead. You're the guest, brother. Yeah, I had a I had a question. It's something I've been thinking about a lot with the progression of of games, especially with stuff like Watchdogs and you know the Assassin's Creed games. Do you do you guys think that that possibly gaming is going to be the future of entertainment taking over basically where the films are now because movie theaters are dropping very quickly in ticket sales and uh, I mean I know there's Netflix and, and Hulu and all that stuff but games have such a rich stories now that mm-hmm. people might be going to that I got, I got a lot to say about that go for it Cass uh, it's George right yeah, it's George. Yeah, this is Cass. I'm. Uh, I, I think that's a really astute observation. It's something that I noticed recently myself. Uh, so that's why I say you're astute because you think like me. And <laughs> these these games. Uh, I don't know if you guys know the numbers on this. Call of Duty grossed uh, about 10.4 billion. It grossed more than the Star Wars since right? since that's before Black Ops Two. Mm-hmm. So now it's probably in the 11 billions because they had cash in it. <clears throat> and um, that's. Not more than Star Wars 2. That's more than Star Wars, Titanic, right, exactly. Lord of the Rings, a- like, Avatar, everything. Gone with the Wind, everything combined right. for 30 years. Call of Duty has blown, almost out, close to pornography. blown out of but. the water in a s- less than 10 years. Yeah. That's just one franchise. So then you have Assassin's Creed, you have Halo, you have all the other ones that are coming out. Pokemon. And the money they – Pokemon. Yeah, we can't forget that. And Jigglypuff. That – 
they were going technology crazy until a few years ago until they maxed out. Like, technology in games is almost maxed out. In, in like, the, here's the thing about distribution, too. You can distribute games digitally, and yeah. you could play them anywhere. You can play them on the go. You can play them at home. The theaters have an overhead, and they have to fill those seats. And you're going to see nothing but, um, like, risk mitigation going on in theaters. You're going to see nothing but brands and giant franchises. And then I was saying this on Twitter the other day because I just spent the whole weekend at Produce by listening to producers like Robert Orsi and people like that talk about transmedia and where things are going, including uh, Kiki Wolfkill from the Halo franchise. And uh, you know Kiki Wolfkill? I, I don't. She works. She's like the head of like license of like she's one of the heads of, of Halo. Kiki. Her name's Kiki Wolfkill. She's yeah. Native American, oh, and uh, I like it. and she was um, basically <clears throat> saying that I mean basically the whole weekend that what I heard was that everything. Original, the original storytelling is going to places like Netflix and Hulu and yeah. Amazon original content or cable. House of Cards. House of Cards is a great, great example. example. They ordered twenty six. They ordered twenty six episodes before they ordered anything because, mm -hmm. whereas network has like a finite window in order to put on or cable has like a finite 12, 24 hour day window in which to put content up and it's competitive mm -hmm. with all the binge viewing and netflix and amazon and it's all their streaming they need the content yeah. they're not they don't they're not trying to keep people out of the club they're desperately trying to get people into the club content yeah. wise and so when the the writer of uh, and producer of house of cards came to them he was like oh man listen i'm just gonna go in there and i'm gonna demand a full season up front and he went in there and before he opened their mouth they're like listen i don't know how far you are on the scripts but we're Gonna ask for no less than twenty six episodes, two seasons, and he was like, "That's like the opposite." He was like, he, yeah, of "Every pitch session opposite. ever." And so, and, and I mean, in, well, in, in theaters, like, what are you gonna do in a theater? You know what I mean? Like, it's all you know, it's turning into the vinyl record. Like, it'll, it'll be great for aficionados. But this is, this is the but, thing is what, what George brought up yeah. is like the storylines and everything. Like, what I was saying, the, the technology that's where they put all their money yeah. eventually. And now we're at basically we're at photorealism in terms of video games. Like, you look Close at you look at Beyond Two connect. Souls, you look at yeah. um, Last of Us. Of course, that's like I mean, that's like cinematar that's like cinematics in a game. Thanks. So the only yeah. place they can go now is story. And performance. In with the Connect, you might have a motion capture studio for machine oh, in your living room. No, you're right. You, can you know what I mean? Like in capture, your living room, you can do motion capture. capture. True. But they're gonna get it. I mean yeah, motion capture is the next the next. Could you imagine in, like, acting in your own machinima physically? Yeah. Rather than just doing it on like in like the Halo screen yeah. and then having like the, the, the built-in the malpractice suits are gonna build and then people are gonna be getting Cairo. <laughs> so there's all these sub businesses that are gonna profit from, from this. <laughs> but the point being is that about five years ago, they had to uh, figure out how are we going to continue to grow and the developers were smart yeah. instead of continuing along technology they started story. investing in story yeah. they started getting these amazing writers and finally shopping it out to great actors like they weren't like just cast. like me you know what I mean? EJ how come you haven't been in a video game um, That's my point. So no, I'm just kidding. Uh, it's not, I'm not talking about like me. I'm, huh? talking, about, I'm talking about like Mark Hamill and the, you've got right. Ben Kingsley, you've got Chris Plummer, you've got amazing. I don't know if you ever looked at the credits for Skyrim. They're insane. Insane. It looks like an academy. Yeah, it looks like a Hollywood movie yeah, or any of the GTA games. So to answer your question, yeah, George, I think games, you're. Yeah. I think it's going the direction that games are going to become uh, a serious competitor for movies because they are almost at the level of cinema. As, except now it's not a two-hour experience. It's a 20-hour experience. It's an 80-hour experience. And it's cheaper to <laughs> And you are interacting with this movie. Mm -hmm. And TV is almost an ancillary to it. Like the things with Defiance, and we'll see what how Halo 5 integrates yeah. with the Spielberg series. But with Defiance, I'm you end up watching – You watch the Defiance on Sci-Fi, mm -hmm. and I love Defiance. And then <laughs> – 
then you go and you play a scenario from the TV show on the MMO of Defiance, and it's almost like the TV show is an ancillary product to the that is. game. And, that is. And, 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 I mean, could you imagine the Spielberg series coming out? Like, I love Falling Skies. Falling Skies came back last week. I love Falling Skies. <laughs> I can imagine, like, watching Spielberg's Halo series and then being like, all right, uh, to continue the adventure, log on and play a, a Spartan Ops Season 2, you know, episode with, you know, based on this episode you just played. And you spend the next week until the next episode playing in the game created by the TV show and vice versa. It's just going to be cool. cyclical. But one thing I'd like to point out is that it is a very different breed of person that goes and sits down and plays a 20-hour game or plays, totally. you know, so on and yeah, so forth. And that breed of person yeah. spends a lot of money. And that breed of person is intensely interested in story and intelligent, layered. And it's all things. scalable. Agreed, agreed. And and it's, it's all scalable. And they're, and they're devoted, and they're loyal, and they're 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 massifying, and they have the power. Mm-hmm. As we're, we're exploring right now with nobility and what what happened yeah. with a couple of other, they have the power to get things made because they they are self supporting. We got um this morning on on Heidi and Frank. I was a guest on the KLOS morning show. That's the flagship of Toad Hop. And uh, Heidi asked me, she's like, "When is it too much? Like, when do you?" But it's all scalable. You can choose to only watch the TV show. You can choose to only play the game. You can choose to only play like the iOS or you know plug in. Like I played um, Halo, uh, the, the the Halo Spartan Ops. It's not called Spartan Ops. I'm, I'm blanking, but I played like the iOS game that is a part of the the, the new Halo thing. And um, a Spartan yeah. Ops, I think, is what it's yeah, the, the one, that's the, the I'm iOS in. one. That's the one I'm in. It's yeah. awesome. Yeah. it's a lot of fun. And is it and downloadable I, content? No, it's it's it's, it's only for like the iPad. It's an oh, iOS oh, game. Oh, okay, so and like I, a top down. Like, yeah, it's a top down yeah. thing, and I, and I actually liked it. It got some critique because they were like, "Oh no, it's not a first person shooter." But I actually had a lot of fun playing it at E3, and um, I should write it up for the site because it was a lot of fun. And um, what I'm saying is, if if you don't even have an Xbox, you'll mm. be able to experience the Halo universe. Right. You'll be able to either by TV or by right. iOS. And every game is going to have that transmedia component to Absolutely. it. The comic if books, smart, the yeah. novels, the, you know, etc. Um, you know, Halo started with transmedia with the novels. Yeah. You know, the novelizations were the first thing that they did beyond the video game, and it expanded the universe. It showed like this is how it. This is what came before. Well, if you just look at the number of franchises that have done that, expanding into novels and so forth, Star Wars, Star Trek. All of it. Uh, Starcraft, you know, one of my favorites. <laughs> Starcraft. Right. Starcraft, Love huge. Starcraft. Hey, George, I'm going to pick up another phone call. Uh, can I uh, hang up on you, buddy? Yeah, absolutely. I, just, I, just, I didn't know what to do. I was listening to You're the best, man. Thank you very You're much. You're the best, George. George. I'll see you, you online. You did everything. You did it right. Hey, Thanks, you gave brother. us something to talk about. Yeah. He presented a great question. Um, oh, yeah. I think I know who's on, on the line here. Uh, hey, Tommy, is this you? Yes. Hey, guys, this is my buddy Tommy. He's calling in from New Jersey. He's Tommy! Got, uh, Tommy! And, and we're going to get to the nobility uh, um, the nobility project that you guys are working on. EJ's a producer, yes. writer. On writer, nobility, producer, on nobility, and cast is starring in it, and they've got a uh, they've got an Indiegogo coming on right now. But I'm going to keep the uh, the Geekscape um, what is it a, a callathon going sure. for Tommy because Tommy's actually got a project that's got a Kickstarter campaign going on right now. And if you're a wrestling fan, it involves Mick Foley, who you guys know as Mankind and Cactus Jack and all those awesome, awesome, awesome uh, in ring characters. Uh, Tommy, tell us a little bit about this project. It's the the Santa Claus documentary, right? called uh, I Am Santa Claus. It's about five or six different men who portray Santa Claus and seeing what they do in the off-season. Now, what do you mean portray Santa Claus? Like, they work at malls and stuff like that? Yeah, a lot of these guys, uh, they go to malls, they play Santa there, they go to private parties. There's this whole weird underbelly of people who portray Santa Claus where there's uh, organizations like the Amalgamated Order of Real Bearded Santas. Wait, what? And they're fighting with... 
the Sounds like the assassins. Order. I like that. I liked your pun about underbelly, though. Right. That was, that, was, that was my favorite part of what you said. But there's like a subculture, basically, of like mall Santas. And we really only see mall Santas for like the six weeks around Christmas. So you're telling me there's like cosplaying organizations that have to do just with Santa? Is that what we're talking about? I'm sorry, what did you say? But, but, is this like a cosplay kind of group that is all about Santa? Or are these people who get hired to play, like, are these the mall Santas? Yeah, they, they, all, they all get uh, hired. They're, they're professional playing Santas uh, who, you know, on the off-season still look like Santa Claus. <laughs> yeah, you know what? That's a good point. The person at your and mall... they all live in their mother's basement. No, no, I mean, that, this, this is Tommy's documentary. Hey, that's too, man. Sure, in, sure. In Tommy's documentary, uh, actually, it's kind of interesting because whenever you go and you kind of take the Santa for granted, you only see him from, like, like Thanksgiving to Christmas, and you take a photo with him and he creeps out some kids. But honestly, what do those dudes do the other, like... 10 months of the year when they still look like Santa? Do they shave their beards? Do they walk around? Like, what do they do for, like, financial support? They let little kids ju- play jump rope with their long beards. Yeah. Uh, Tommy, you're in the midst money. of producing oh, yeah. this documentary? Yeah, well, we, I'm, I'm directing it, and uh, we just finished shooting, and right now we're editing and going to be submitting it to film festivals next year. So what do these guys do? When yeah, that's what I want to know. Like, like I, don't, I kind of... don't spoil everything because we got to see the movie, but, like, it sounds fascinating. Well, what do they do? I'll tell you briefly uh, some of the Santas we're following. Uh, our one Santa from New York, uh, he legally changed his name to Santa Claus. <laughs> I mean, uh, is he just like, he's just like headed nice. to homelessness? Like, so when he gets paid, his check is written to Santa Claus. His license says uh, Santa Claus. His Disney World card <laughs> says Santa that, Claus. His credit card says Santa Claus. That that's awesome. Santa Claus, not Chris Kringle, correct? I, I, yeah. Chris Kringle was taken. Santa Claus. That is awesome. I want to see him get pulled over by the cops. (laughs) (laughs) I want to see that on your reindeer. We're going too fast. Black and white, close circuit cam. I want to see what happens. So, Tommy, like, what do they do to support themselves when they're not? When they're, I mean, they they, they probably get. You know, in all honesty, if they look like Santa Claus, they probably get paid a ton to make the do those long hours. You you can make a lot. I mean, uh, some of them, you know, get anywhere from eleven thousand to twenty thousand dollars from that November to December. You know, I mean. And one of our Santas is a full-time Santa, where he he has Santa schools where he teaches other Santas how to be Santa. <laughs> oh my God! I, I got to see this film. I got to see this, dude, Tommy. I got to see this documentary. So, oh, so you can if you go to our Kickstarter, you can <laughs> put in donations. What's the name of this uh, of the movie? It's called I Am Santa Claus. Dude, and, and that's what I look for on Kickstarter to donate to this thing? It, it, well, I mean, yeah, we actually bought the, we bought the domain name IamSantaClaus.com. Yeah, now you're going to get sued by that dude in New York. He's like, no, I am Santa Claus. <laughs> um, so how does Nick Foley, Mick Foley, uh, how does he tie into all this for the wrestling fans out here? Well, I mean, I know you and me have talked before, but all my, all my movies before are any movies we do, we have to have a wrestler in it. In some way, you yeah. know, we've worked with Al Snow. Well, yeah, obviously. Uh, Jimmy Apple Nightheart, Blue, uh, yeah, Al Snow, Tommy Dreamer. So this, we're like, how do we get a wrestler in a movie about Santa Claus? I feel like the craziest well, mark I've ever heard. Okay. I yeah, think that's so awesome. We, we, I was reading Mick Foley's uh, first book, and he's talking about his Christmas room and his love for Christmas. Wait, what? A Christmas book out with Jerry the, you know, with Jerry the King Lawler and uh, drawing it. He has a Christmas so like, room? He has a Christmas, his, his downstairs basement, his man cave, is a full-time, uh, all-year-round Christmas room. That is awesome. And he keeps it exactly yeah, at 
That's when you're awesome. below zero, right? And if you move one yeah. damn thing in there, he'll hit you over the head with a damn chair. Yeah. We've had we've had yeah. Mick on the show, and Mick is awesome. I love Mick Foley. Yeah, Mick is the nicest guy around, and uh, it, he he's I mean he's brought Santa Claus into his wrestling career. You know, he uh, <laughs> he's, he's did no ho holds barred matches where he's no ho ho holds against Santa. Wait, Santa Claus. Wait, so you, a no ho ho holds bar match, <laughs> and you're fighting, and it's yeah. just a bunch of Santa Clauses fighting in the ring. Well, I mean, if you remember, like he he did a boiler room match with, um, uh, I think it, I forget who it was. There's like three guys dressed as Santa Claus, <laughs> the Mean Street Posse. They were dressed like Santa Claus, and it was all that sort of thing, you know. Every time I think geeks are weird, there's always wrestlers, and like it just takes it. It's like it's so awesome because they are the geekiest of the geeks. Because like. Yeah. They're stuck, like it's weird, brother. And are they hitting themselves with like candy canes, as like in like in, like weapons and stuff like that? Because that'd be awesome. I would watch that wrestling match. Like three Santas going at it with like candy cane weapons and stuff like that. Dude, Mick Foley's yeah, a genius. I mean, Mick Foley's a genius. <laughs> Should do North Pole yeah, LARPing. I, don't don't quote me on this, but I'm pretty sure when Mick Foley dresses Santa Claus versus when JBL dresses Santa Claus, he knocked him out with a stocking. But I could be wrong. I could be wrong. So, so what is his role in the film? As a Christmas lover, like, what's his role in the film? He's not just a Christmas well, lover. Like, is he a narrator? Is he the guy? What's it? Well, that's the thing. It's like all our, the whole movie we have these guys who are veteran Santa Clauses. So we needed that at least one guy to start out, and that was Mick. You know, Mick has put the suit on before, but he never took it seriously. He uh, he took some classes in Chicago, uh, how to be Santa Claus. He got his own suit, and he went to Santa Village in New Hampshire and bleached his beard uh, white, put the suit on, and was Santa Claus for the season. At malls? Uh, it, it's a Santa's Village. It's a, it's an amusement park. Could you he, imagine like, grew like up the wrestling it's like fans? Place in the world. Could you imagine being a wrestling fan and like bringing your kids to like a Santa's Village and then like like you know Mick Foley is the Santa that your kids are taking photos with and like you you're like marking out and you're like what the like this is crazy. That's, I could see some like crazy. Dude, you, you must have gotten you some sick footage. I can like, see some. I mean, like on our Kickstarter video, you see Mick, uh, you know, as Santa, and like if I didn't tell you it was him. You almost wouldn't know. The that dude's how a chameleon. Great the transformation was. He's a Christmas chameleon. No, well, I could see some Christmas yeah. fan coming up and being like, having always wanted to challenge Nick and be like, "Yo, I could take you on." So he's like sitting there in Santa's costume. Oh, he get his ass, ass kicked. <laughs> He'd get his ass kicked. He'd get his ass kicked. Oh, of course. Um, of course. So listen, the, what are you guys going to do with this money for the for the Kickstarter? What's it go towards? Your post? Yeah, it goes post production. We're going to be uh, we're going to animate some scenes like our our the, our Santa Claus in Detroit. Like he. He got divorced, he lost his house, he lost his job, and he lives in his daughter's basement. It's just a matter of time. So Kenny, what better right. way to show him losing his house is to animate it in claymation like the old Santa Claus Christmas movies. That's used to be, awesome. You know? <laughs> that is really awesome. So it's going gonna, it's gonna to look like and one of those Franken-Bass like, like little Christmas animations. It's, yeah. It, yeah, it's kind of sad, too, but you know what? It's, it's all in the spirit of the holidays. <laughs> Right. And then you gotta use the way you grew up houses. watching Santa and, and take it and put that human element in it, and that's what we're doing. You know, you know? what? So we gotta fund we, this uh, thing. We, we gotta fund this thing because this sounds like the documentary you're gonna want to watch at Christmas. You know, like like every oh, year yeah. you watch Elf or you watch the Christmas Story or watch those Frank and Bass like animated things. I know my my wife loves the Frank and Bass like Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer and stuff. This sounds like the documentary you're gonna watch that year. Like this sounds awesome. Yeah, this sounds really cool. I mean, 
Nick puts it in a good way. It's it's beyond the mat of Santa Claus. You know? <laughs> For you wrestling fans, it's the beyond the mat of Santa Claus. <laughs> yeah. I love that. That's a great documentary, too. That makes sense. Um, oh, listen, yeah, yeah. Tommy, we're going to... Barry's a great guy. He, uh, you know, he's, he's, the great thing about the documentary world, Matt, is, like, so many of them are so willing to, you know, just take a question and help you out. You know, like, Barry, like, I reached out to, and he helped me out with a couple different things that I was, like, this is the first documentary I ever did, so. And he was pretty candid about you. That's cool. That's cool. Um, yeah. Listen, guys, the Kickstarter, you're going to look go on Kickstarter and look for I Am Santa Claus. You're going to donate because you're going to get this movie made because come Christmas. is the mo- I mean, the movie's got to be done by Christmas, or I'm going to be mad. Uh, you're going to get this movie done, and we're going to watch it in Christmas, and it's going to be like your perennial, like, like christmas documentary that you're gonna watch because i you know we, we've gotten bored with elf and and all those things um listen tommy i'm gonna let you go we're gonna get the geekscapers to go to the kickstarter and start checking out uh, i am santa claus we're gonna uh, take a quick break we're gonna take a spot break and then when we get back tommy you won't be with us but we're gonna talk about these two guys who are in the studio and they've got a project called nobility that they uh, are actually having on indiegogo so uh um tommy it's great talking to you brother all right, thank you very much. I am Santa Claus the com. Um thank you, Tommy. And uh yeah, when we get back we're gonna be talking nobility with these guys, more video games, and you're watching Geekscape. Thank you, and we'll be right back. Listening to the Toad Hop Network, radio worth watching. To leave your house to shop, to crawl through traffic to the mall, just to find the thing you wanted, isn't even there at all. Amazon.com is the answer. Shop at home and style and ease. Find exactly what you want. Ordering your stuff's free. Books on tape, games galore, everything you're looking for. Kindle, cameras, electronics, baby Einstein, hooked on phonics, Blu-ray, movies, and TV, download, music, MP3, Pixar, Disney. Microphones, pet supplies, and doggy bones. World of Warcraft, Nancy Drew, Sims, the Scruff System too. Click Amazon. You'll smile with glee. Sometimes shipping is even free. Hey, Toad Hop listeners, the sports guru and the butt knocker from the Sportscast Wednesdays, four to six Pacific Standard Time. You gotta check us out, man. We do sports like nobody else. Cover NHL, NBA, NCAA, NFL. We cover all sports. We got you got not the fuck out. Bonehead of the week. Check us out on Toad Hop Network, four to six on Wednesdays. And if you miss it, go back and watch it live. ToadHopNetwork.com or download the audio from iTunes. While you're there, leave a comment and rate the show. Hey guys, we need it. We're the nickel and dime show of the network. Check us out. A lot of fun. With Gamefly, choose from over 6,000 titles. Play as long as you want and send them back when you're done. $8.95 to start, no late fees. Gamefly.com. Games delivered. What's up, Toadheads? Hey, make sure you check out the Toad Hop store on ToadHopNetwork.com. It's a great way to support the network and helps continue to bring you quality programming. Quality programming, my ass. Can you see I'm recording, you a- You're listening to the Toad Hop Network, radio worth watching. Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome back to Geekscape. I'm here with uh, Cass Anvar and our good buddy EJ De La Pena. So tell me about this nobility thing that you guys got going on right now on the Indiegogo. Uh, What is nobility? Who's involved in nobility? And what should the Geekscapes do to support nobility? What's going on here? Going on with what? 
Okay. Uh, Cass, so, so no, no, nobility. I was kidding. What is this thing? It's a, it's nobility, a, uh, let's be, be accurate about the name of it. It's CAS Nobility. Of course. That's the name of the ship. Okay. It's a spaceship. CAS Nobility. CAS. CAS. Like yeah. Cass. Do you? Oh, Got yeah. It. I hadn't even thought of that, actually. <laughs> yeah. yeah it's right. actually just Wait. Like my name. CAS. What does it stand for again? Confederate Alliance Ship. And what nobility is about is it's really a story about fulfilling potential. It's uh, we're calling it a dramedy. It's a uh, it's kind of like a Firefly meets The Office, is a good way to think of it. All right. And when you go through it, um, it's got a little Babylon Five feel to it because yeah, it's a big a ship with lots of people and it's kind of dark and grungy. You got all artistic can be, on me. Can be. Does it have like guns and stuff in it? Yes, it oh, yeah. has aliens. Guns. In fact, lots it, it, of hot women. It has one really big gun. Okay. Mm-hmm. Oh, we got a real hot woman. Boom. In there. Yeah, you got the geekscape. It's all wrong, AJ. When you're like, it's really about the fulfillment. I'm like, no, no, no. <laughs> Get to the guns. Like, get to the diddy. Get to the stuff. get to the action. Save like get to the aliens. So like don't. So this isn't your place to paint Claudia a damn picture. Christian. Okay, That's she's hot. She's hot. Okay, Claudia Christian. And we got Cass in there. Cass is in there. You I have play, a romantic I, scene. I play the captain. Okay, right. You do. Okay, you I play do. the captain of uh, the nobility okay. ship. And, and he's, he's a little bit of a dysfunctional guy. He's a guy who's had a really rough past. He's, a, he's trying desperately to kind of live up to, to his potential, but he's, he's a bit of a womanizing, boozing kind of misfit that deep down has a heart of gold and really does know what he's doing, but he's troubled. We never follow those ship captains who aren't. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, Kirk is kind of that dude, and, like, the, the dude from Firefly is kind of like that. Malcolm Reynolds, you know, Malcolm and, like... All, all those people are kind of like the dudes who are like, yeah, I'm just going to, like, be a dick and fly a ship and get some babes and <laughs> drink some beer. And, like, could, could you imagine, like, all the square, like, science fiction things where, like, where if people weren't like Han Solo and they're just like, exactly. I'm going to do my job. I'm just going to protect. I'm just going to protect the frontier. Yeah. I'm going to deliver the goods. I'm going to stay chased. Yeah, I'm going to stay chased. Yeah, chastity well, You know, so married to my that. ship. Where's the fun in that? Come so you on. you play this womanizing badass by the seat of your pants, kicking some ass. Yeah, you know, substance abusing guy. Jesus, he's got he's got heroin little, in space. I don't know what it is. It's like what, what are we calling it? Alien glucolor? What is it? Glucolor. <laughs> Like he's he's, he's 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 heavy into that. Oh yeah. And, what is uh, it? Like some alien drug? Yeah, something like, like peyote. Blow your mind. Okay. All right. There you go. <laughs> and, and and so so what is it? What is the, the what does the crew of the CAS nobility like have to do over the course of the series? Like you said, it was a comedic comedic dramedy. Like it's we're, yeah, we're calling it a dramedy. It's got a really interesting mix between where it's, it's got, got that very voice strong. Again. I know he's got, he the, got voice. the damn voice again. He's like the pitch voice. Ah, the it's actor. The actor kicked that. He's like, <laughs> well, it is. Uh, well, uh, let, let, let me go back to my uh, my my little thing that I wrote. I wrote a synopsis. <laughs> on, and, on inside uh, the actor uh, studio. Talk to me like oh a human God. being. Talk to you about a human being. Yeah, like 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 what what's What's so funny about it? What's so dramatic about it? What's so dramatic about yeah. it? Yeah. Uh, people well. coming around and releasing prisoners and destroying half the ship. Yeah. All there right. you go. Yeah. Destruction. Yeah. Destruction. Yeah. Destruction. Yeah. Boom. There we go. So, Plus, you have to keep in mind that the crew is not the crew you want on okay, board. Okay. So, so Cass, is, Cass is a guy who's maybe like, you've seen your better days as a captain. Yeah. You're over yeah. it. Like, you know You're what? over oh, it. Yes. You don't, you don't when, when, like when there's a crisis. He, he comes, to, he does what he has to do when there's, there's shit that has to get done. He gets it done. But you're just kind of counting the days. But you are counting the days. Yeah, he you is mean, counting the days. Count days. He's, got, he's got some serious backstories, some serious ghosts oh, and skeletons yeah. in his closet that get revealed over the series and he's he's a troubled guy you know he's a troubled cracked individual that has to run uh you know a one mile long ship wow. with with a bunch of dysfunctional people in it and it's mm-hmm. not the crew he wants and then when when, well, when crap the hits the fans 
I mean, he's not the only one who's dysfunctional on the ship. Okay. The entire crew. You've got a uh, closeted cowboy who's bouncing all, all around the walls. You've okay. got the uh, alcoholic uh, engineer who's literally not only too lazy to speak to anybody, but when the ship is under attack, he's sitting there in the engineering drinking whiskey, ignoring everything. Oh, Jesus. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> what else you got? What else you got? We're thinking what about We're going to raise some funds. What are you thinking about? Some funds? Okay, we'll raise some funds. Um, Talk about Claudia. Yeah, what's Claudia? Claudia why have I not spoken about Claudia? I don't know. Claudia Christian, who played uh, Susan Ivanova on Babylon 5. Okay. She's playing one of our main villains. She comes on board and at first God, pretends that she's going to be nice and play nice with the crew and everyone. And then all of a sudden she starts shooting people. Oh, geez. Hey, so yes. she's like almost like, like one of those wolf women of the SS type chicks who's like, <laughs> you know. Kind of like step on you and like you know tight punish leather. you tight leather, little S and M ish. Totally. Okay. Yeah. And this guy Neil Johnson's involved. This dude. Yes, this, this, yeah. Now, now this I like this guy Neil Johnson. He does Speaking a lot of, of those science fiction things. It's like a wrestler. <laughs> like Neil, no, no, Neil Johnson looks like an a, like an eighties rocker. He's there like, we go. You know, I was he like, does. dude, what happened? The LA guns kick you out? Like, what, you know what I mean? Like, he looks like a you know. I mean, he, he tells me that he always gets confused with leasing or a white snake. <laughs> You know, I like Neil Johnson. I ran into him in Monster Palooza, and he listens to Geekscape, which is always, yeah, makes me happy. I introduced him to it. EJ, I thank you so much. Why only one person? Well, you know, because you haven't gotten me on the show yet. Now I'll have to show everybody. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So um, so what's Neil doing here? He's directing? Neil's it? directing. Oh, cool. Neil's directing. Uh, he's also advising during the producing stage. And, All right. Uh, yeah, uh, that's what he's doing. He's He's a directed, master of the oh, sci-fi, low-budget indie kind of thing, making, exactly. you know, making it look like a million dollars. That's cool. He's made about a dozen, give or take, uh, films, all of which for microscopic budgets, all of which have sold. That's insane. And, and so why not make this a film? This is a series, you're saying. This you're is saying a web this is a series. series. Okay. This is a web series. And part of the reason why I want to do the web series is just exactly what we were talking about earlier with Netflix and being able to reach a mass audience. Because so much of what Nobility is about is about the fans. Okay. It's about empowering sci-fi fans to be able to give to you money. Take owner Wait, what? Uh, give me money, yes. No, to take ownership of the genre. Because if you look over the past decade... Almost all of our favorite shows have been canceled. Uh, none of the shows that are out there right now are spacefaring. All of them are post-apocalyptic. Uh, and uh, yeah, I mean, I, mean I, I think yeah. I mean, Farscape, Firefly. I think Farscape. I know. Ugh, Mom, don't, right? I named Geekscape after it. I love Farscape so much. Man, it was a great show. I love Farscape. I met Rock Neil Bannon the other night, the creator <laughs> yeah, of Farscape. I was, you know, I was supposed to be there, and I couldn't. I had another meeting that went we had a great, so pissed. We had a great talk. I've been trading emails with Mr. O'Bannon. Oh. We're thinking about doing something with Geekscape pretty here in the near yes. future. Yeah. I mean, yes. I think it's about time that Farscape and Geekscape merge. came together and merged. But EJ's, so. EJ's right in the sense that um, the, the major networks, they don't take a lot of risks. The only place right. you go to take risks is like cable, HBO, things like that, where, where they really do give the creators a lot of power. But they're not doing sci-fi. <clears throat> but they're not even exactly. doing sci-fi. Right. Right. I, I think HBO was thinking about it. I think there's like something going on right. uh, that I was yeah. reading about. But They finally do fantasy. But you know, I, but, I just yeah. read well, like even the Sci-Fi, sci-fi Channel, channel is rebranding itself. So what? This, this is a friend of mine who who works in the sci-fi industry. Um, just in case it'll get him in trouble, I won't mention his name. But he's like a, a showrunner for one of the biggest shows in the world. Got it. Um, says that Sci-Fi is rebranding itself so that it's not going to be or no, it's Canadian Space Channel, yeah, which is the Sci-Fi sister. Sure. Uh, is it going to be space? It's gonna re- no, it's going to be space, but it's not outer space. It's the space around us. 
What? Come it's on. Like, like, your, like your couch? So it's like, yeah, it's like it's like it gives them more latitude to not focus on They're going to turn it into like the Lifetime Network. I mean, well, they must want to get a bigger audience. They don't want to just focus on the geek. And it's like, I think right. they're going to be diluting themselves. And they're Absolutely. Gonna be, they're going to be shooting themselves in the foot. So if the studios don't have our backs anymore, if they're not creating the stories that we care about, that we crave, who else is going to step up and create it except these independent producers? Cass Anvar. Exactly. Cass Anvar. Lee. Myself. And E.J. De La Peña. De La Peña. De La Peña. Well, you know my real name, right? On my birth certificate? What's your real name on your... Uh, Chris Big, Kringle? Of course. You got it. <laughs> Santa right Claus? There. No. Victor Eduardo De La Peña. The tank. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> say that say? again? I don't know what he said. Victor Eduardo De La Peña et Tercero. Victor. That's your name? Wow. On my birth certificate, yeah. Uh, yeah, I'd tell you. Yeah, EJ. I whenever I, when I first met you, EJ, like a year or two ago, yeah. uh, the first I'd never met an EJ before in my life. <laughs> the only EJ I knew of was the uh, the bully in uh, or the the tough guy in um, in Monster Squad, or or the the bully in Monster Squad who like steps on Horace's like candy bar and, and Rudy makes him eat it. That, that was wow. modeled. Do you remember that me. scene? That he's like Rudy. EJ, you know, I'm not going to do it here. We've done it a million times <laughs> on Geekscape, and, I, and you guys are the thespians. So uh, how much do you guys have to raise? Like, 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 throw a number down. What are you guys trying to raise here on this uh, well, mobility Kickstarter? Let's get the phone. Absolute phone. bare minimum. We could skate by and survive. We're talking about 45K. <laughs> what? No, I'm kidding. Bare minimum. That's great. Bare no, minimum. That's fine. Yeah. Um, but every additional dollar over that, that means more CGI, more space battles, mm -hmm. more... Uh, gun battles inside the ship. Yeah, but more, 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 here, here. more women for the captain. Yeah, more yeah, women for the captain. That's, that's, see, what, that's what he's listen, after. Listen, now we listen. know why he's on board. The more money we make, the hotter the babes are. That's what it is right here. I don't want to get. I want to run your campaign. <laughs> I don't want to be an associate producer or a consultant. I don't even want to be involved with this. <laughs> but all I'm saying is, when you start being like, "Oh, we're gonna have some aliens," and I'm like sitting there going, oh, "You already got that. You already got the space. You already got yeah. the things." And I've seen Neil's movie, and you're gonna have that regardless because the guy can make a movie for buck fifty eight. Which is why we brought them up. There needs to be a stretch goal, a nudity stretch goal. A nudity stretch goal. You will see me nude if we make $100,000. Now there we're we talking. No, why don't we, um, if we, raise <laughs> we're we won't see you nude. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there you go. We made $100,000. They're like, what the hell kind of I was thinking, that, that might be more. Hey, we'll, Kaz, we'll see cost nude. Kaz, you can meet with, uh, with Neil and be like, hey, listen, man, we don't got the budget for the aliens. <laughs> we don't have a budget for, for an alien life form. Well, we'll just have we'll EJ just, take his clothes off. Yeah. You know? We'll just do a close-up of his belly button. Could be like a strange planet <laughs> surface or something. <laughs> Get, get like a GoPro and just run it on you. Uh, no, this sounds good. So, so, so nobility. What's the purpose? Like, what does the ship have to do over the course? Is it like the office that it just kind of exists, or like what? Is there a storyline? Yeah, there, there is. Uh, there's a very extensive storyline. It's set 700 years in the future, and humanity has colonized the stars, and there's only this very loose confederacy that's holding mankind together. But you have all the national governments just pulling and tugging at it, trying to supersede it and break it apart. And so they've constructed this ship that's supposed to be, you know, the, all the hopes of mankind. It's the Hey, hey, hey Kenny, hold, hold on. The motherfuckers beat you up as a kid, and they still do today. You're a grown-ass man. I bet you got, I bet, I bet somebody gave you a wedgie on your way here. You look like all the nerds just had a convention on your body. Like all the nerds of the world that say, you know what, I know where to go. And they chose your punk ass. Okay, so How Ken, did you know Ken, about Ken, the wedgie? You, you sell it to me, because the guy started getting really nerdy, talking about like space politics, all right? <laughs> On that Geekscape, shit, that's that, a problem. You know, I gotta okay. basically, that shit started to sound like the Phantom Menace. Basically, there's all these <laughs> worlds out there, and there's all these babes to discover. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Then the captain 
is running this huge ship, and it's got all the, the fuel available to explore the entire universe and sample the delicacies of mankind. Yeah, the f- female kind out there in the uh, oh, yeah. and then space around, And then to get from one planet to the other well, where he does this, there's political intrigue, and there's deception, and there's murder, and there's mayhem, and there's assassination, That's cool. and That's there's cool. blood, and... and oh, yeah. This is this guy. This know, guy I love... I, I can hang sex, out with, drugs, and rock and roll. I can hang out with Cass forever, man. Like, like listen, well, listen. I see Some no, people are stuck from leather. Like, you take a person of my caliber. I'm cut from leather. I'm cut from suede. He ain't cut from leather. He's cut from suede, <laughs> okay, brother. But you know what? Hey, he hey, said hey. wedgie, and that kind of flashed yeah. me back. Oh, <laughs> Were you a geek was growing a, up? Dude. I was like uh, I was like the biggest geek. I was beat up and wedgied. And For what? S- and, and in Canada, we call this thing a snow job. You ever had a snow job? Hell no. I grew up uh, in Texas. Um, exactly. I grew up in Tahoe. They, 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 that meant something uh, else in my college. What's my a snow job? A snow job is where you get some big mothers jump at you, people who just don't like your face. Okay. And it's snowy in Montreal, which okay. is where I grew up. And they jump you. You're in your gear and like you're relatively protected, but there's one place that you can get snowed and it's in your face. So they'll grab that snow and usually it's the kind of crystallized snow. That's it has like, mice, yeah, yeah. It's like broken windshield glass. <laughs> oh, Jesus. And they'll rub it in your face and then they'll smush you until you get lacerated and then they'll Ooh. shove it down your Back and they'll get it into your clothes. Does this happen to you, Kenny? No, no, no. Okay, Kenny, what happened to you? I grew That's up in a snow job. I grew up in Tahoe, Canadian style, <laughs> and we called that whitewashing. Okay, um, but it's in Tahoe, a, I know. In Tahoe, a snow job is when you get oral going up the chairlift at a ski resort. <laughs> <laughs> so you lived in the wrong place. I was in the wrong place. Seriously, snow, snow job. job. Man. Those are the best days of my You're life. Right. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> we have a whole. I'm moving to cities. Tahoe. Oh yeah, goodness. Castle's like, yeah, snow job is horrible. Kenny's over there being like, oh, what? What's wrong with this guy? Amazing. Mm. Damn. I like the sound of that snow job. Yeah, you got to go, yeah, go back and be like, hey, you guys want to give me a snow job? Usually the capper on a snow job is, an, is a wedgie. Okay. That they, they, they wedgie. Put the snow and, in your pants? Until, until your, your underwear rips off your body. Jesus, yeah. you got your ass beat. Dude. Dude. And then kicked with, with pointy cowboy boots. So uh, what did you Damn. do? <laughs> Usually not, like, smart mouth. But like you like 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 oh, like, oh, like came up with a quick line. Like, like over time, did you like develop like like no, like I, what did you grow out of the geekness? I uh, when I was sixteen, I got cast as the lead in Hamlet, and then all those guys that beat me up saw me the most popular kid in class. And really wanted to invite me out for my birthday. And like the girl because that girls, was kind of the ultimate. And the girls, the yeah. girls like loved the thespian. Yeah, I was hated until I was sixteen, and then everyone loved me. I became a class hero. That was the best revenge. Right on the planet is all the people who used to beat me up wanted to hang out with me. EJ, did that I, happen with you when you were a geek when growing up? I knew up? I should have done Shakespeare in yeah. high school. Gosh, <laughs> yeah. dang it. Are the babes um, knocking down the door? Oh, dude, totally. Um, <laughs> a, a, especially the rubber ones. Oh, <laughs> no. Uh, he's a chick uh, magnet, this guy. Right. I can't get him on the phone because he's always out, like, frolicking. Well, I was trying to make you look good, Cos, but, That's you know. It. That's yeah. incredible. Thank you. What were you into as a geek? Like, when you were a kid, what were you into? Uh, comic books, Dungeons and Dragons. What'd you read? What'd video you read? games, Spider Man, X Men, Iron Man. Uh, I started with Image, the, the, the Todd McFarlane stuff way back then. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was a huge Marvel fan, some DC. And then I got into some of the indies when they first started coming out. But uh, really, X Men, Spider Man, those are my. My favorite. The go-to, Those right? Are my favorite. The go-to. Wolverine's the, my the main late guy '90s. Um, <clears throat> yeah. Spider-Man cartoon. Dungeons and Dragons yeah. was also my my go 
Dragons too. That so you kept, played Dungeons and Dragons me. a lot. You loved playing the, yeah. the Dungeons and Dragons. I, I, that's what got me the Shakespeare. Is that's like, awesome. Because I, I was because you're playing old English. Stuff, I was yeah. doing the old English, and then I get to do Shakespeare. And I'm like, uh, this is can... just like module number B one, where I'm doing like, <laughs> like you know the. Loth Queen of the Damned. I'm like, I'm like, this sounds just like my character. Would you, would you say that maybe you did, we wouldn't have played Altair if it, it wasn't for Dungeons and Dragons? I wouldn't be day? an actor if it wasn't for Dungeons and Dragons. That's all. That may be the nerdiest thing I've ever said on Geekscape, and I love it. There you go. That is so damn cool. Yeah. Like, think about it. Like, like this guy. It was in like Argo. He's gonna be in this Diana coming up. He's in every video game known to man. And it all started with Dungeons Dungeons and Dragons. And my mom would have to send. It didn't start with trying to get laid. You know know what I mean? Like, like actors and rock stars. You know what I mean? Like actors and rock stars are like, oh man, I I, want to meet girls. So like, people become (laughs) actors or they will become rock stars. He actually became an actor and a rock star from like from Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah, it was about. It's awesome. That's the greatest thing I've ever heard on this show. (laughs) Fantastic. Yeah, and I was playing, and my mom would have to kick me uh, into bed at around five a.m. when I was playing my video games, like when I was Mm. a kid. Like, I would be geeking out on the games as they were coming out and staying up all night until dawn. So, so are you looking forward to this next phase of, like, video games with, like, the, the PS4, the Xbox One? Like, where do you stand okay. on this whole thing? Let's Okay, the whole PS4, uh, Xbox One. Yeah. It's very fresh and new, so I'm not going to hold my very strong opinions, like, set in stone. Right, because they can because still change. They can still change, yeah. and I may have misunderstood the E3 thing that I watched on YouTube. But right now, I'm a little bit mad. What do you mean? Uh, because I feel there's a bit of a money grab going on. And I'm, look, I'm really grateful for the developers who have hired me. Okay? Right. I, I do not bite the hand that feeds me, but I'm a gamer and a fan and a geek at heart. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm a huge fan of the retailers that have to sell <clears throat> these things. They're the guys who brought me into, like, I, I got flown into London to, to launch games at a game shop there. These guys are just scraping by. And you're talking about the secondary game. market that resells games? The resells games. That? Yeah. That's how they survive. Right. They don't make, they make a buck or two on a new game. Right. But they make their main money on the resells. And now the, the developers are trying to claim ownership. I don't know exactly if they're going to be taking sure. a piece of that or not, but it's going to Well, the Xbox out, thing, if you register them out online. Business. Wait, yeah, if they're, like they're trying to take over the secondary market. Yeah, yeah like, like the, the Xbox, resales, you can't you trade your game in or no. you can't resell your game you because it's registered to you. have to register your game and you can't sell it and they can't sell it. Like, you can't get any online services if you're not the person who originally bought the game or I don't know this is what I'm saying that got me mad got me mad that you have to be online to play the Kinect is always watching you we're talking about the Xbox One here that's the Xbox One I know PlayStation 4 is a little bit more flexible you can play offline but there's there's all sorts of and it's cloud controls. based. So maybe there's, I could go over to Kenny's and play his Xbox, uh, his Sony, his play PS4 with my account. Right. And like if it's cloud based, maybe the games are uploaded. I won't that's even. That's not need a bad it. thing. Yeah. That no, it's great. Like. I think hand, I like. handing a, handing your friend a game. Yeah. Like, that's how we go, traded Nintendo games back in the day. It was so like if it's cloud based. Yeah. You give yeah. them the code. I don't know, but then you have to. But it's just the idea. It's like Big Brother is watching you. The and oh, and I heard that. I don't know which gamer uh, game platform it is, but developers, uh, independent developers, people that come up with amazing games and they want to publish whatever, they're not going to be able to do that anymore. That's they're going to have to associate themselves with a 343 or Ubisoft or Microsoft or that some huge ridiculous. thing, and they're going to have to basically give all of their, their intellectual property over to them, let them develop it for them, because mm-hmm. th- uh, the big game platforms will not allow them the, I guess the code, right? Or whatever. Basically, the to, whole Steam to, culture, like yeah. Steam on online when you play Steam, like a, like Steam is a, you know you guys know what Steam is if you're listening, but uh, that whole culture of creating your own games and getting them out through like an indie market or those you know humble bundles that come out where you pay what you want for a bundle of games, like that whole right. thing won't exist on an. Uh, it's on only going to be the big players. It's only going to be the 
the. So what does that mean for like Limbo or games like um, you know yeah. Limbo it's, or, or the, the you know indie games like, sound, creative like Fez lines. that came out of that market? It sounds like it. What, it's the exact opposite of what's happening with film and TV, where we're seeing with the internet this explosion, where you can you know with web series and everything yeah. like that. Is ha- the opposite is happening with video games where you're yeah. having to associate with these large one of the, companies. One of the coolest things and at E3 was... I don't know why they're was, doing um, it. They're making so much money. I saw, I saw a couple things in the uh, Indicate at E3 yesterday. It was right next to this. Probably my favorite thing at E3, even though I played a lot of games like Mario Kart 8, and there's a lot of write-ups on the site from things I played. And I did enjoy my time with, like, the you know, uh, a lot of the games like that. Even I was surprised by the, by the uh, Halo iOS game. I thought that was fun. Mm. Um, but there was a retro arcade that like showed the last four decades oh, nice. of gaming and it was incredible just like seeing how far it came because i remember playing those games yeah i remember you know and it went beyond the nintendo like the odyssey and all these old systems that you were like oh my god like we had an atari Lynx, and now it's sitting here in a, a museum and i'm sitting here <laughs> looking at a three like a like a like a neo geo or a 3do and being like oh man i totally remember wanting to buy that and just not having the money yeah. um Dreamcast. but but a lot of those things like indicate i saw these gamers and basically what you do is you – there was a crazy game, and I, I took the, the pamphlet out of my backpack, so I can't tell you what it is, but I'll throw it up on the site. Um, there, were the, there were these really innovative game d- designers who had these blocks. And so you buy a thing for, of like three blocks, and it comes with – and they have screens on them. These are the blocks that have screens on them. And there's like a hub. And you buy three blocks on a hub or six blocks on a hub. And the way you play the game is on the screen there's a graphic, like a race car. And then you take the next block, and it gives you a track – and then you're basically taking the blocks and you're touching them to each other to get the race car to drive through. And you're racing against somebody else's blocks. Or it's like a Zelda-type quest and you're creating a map no. that creates itself by moving the blocks. No. And you're working with somebody else who's got blocks. And it was a new way to play a game because it didn't need a TV. It didn't really need a console. And it was innovative. Wow. And in person, those kind of innovations, those kind of new ways of playing games wow. was phenomenal. Like, like But you're, what you're saying is that comes to an end. It comes to an end in terms of Xbox and PS4. Right. Like you will not you will not be able to find those games for those platforms. Right. I mean, this is a self-generating platform you're talking about. It was box. crazy. It was insane. So those will still exist, but the creativity of something like that on one of these major platforms, unless you go and give your ideas to the big the big companies, you can't play. You can't. You gotta, they won't. They won't allow you to. Put you got to give it up to join the party. Exactly. Well, and they control such a. Incredible. And the connection, now, like I said, the Kinect I, is always watching. I saw these people taking photos of the Connect and the Xbox One, and I was like, "You guys are taking photos. It's taking photos right back at you." Yep. <laughs> like they were taking photos on the floor of it. I was like, "It's watching you, brother." Yeah, mine just got unplugged now. Your 360? <laughs> oh, oh. No, I, uh, I'm going to go yeah. and can, can unplug my Connect now. Nah, this I, is uh, now. I'm ready for anybody to come and say, "Oh, you misunderstood." Right. This is what we really meant. That's great. Like I said, I'm That'd not be locked. Great in, if they I'm not locked in stone right now, but in terms of my opinions, but right now it's like, man. These are. This is one of the largest growing industries in the world. Is video gaming? It's like the the, the kind of the, the graph chart of revenue on these things exponential is, is huge. Yeah. So it's like like respect. Like it's like why would you a, cut it off at the it's feet? It's like Apple. It's like Apple. Yeah. Apple uh, until Steve Jobs died. Apple had it down, man. It's like right. their stuff was all user. Uh, Oriented, the designs were impeccable. I mean, they had their bugs, but it never felt like it was a cash grab. It was always about the end user, and it being like everything interacted with each other. Everything worked. iPhone five comes out, new new plug, right? New plug yeah, for the iPhone five, and why? Because well, you yeah. think that you think that had to happen, or is that just more money to be made because you have to buy a new adapter? And now that does not work with any backward compatibility on anything else. Yeah. Apple always had backward compatibility 
on it, and now it doesn't. And now with this lack of a backward compatibility with oh, yeah. the Xbox and I, the, that's the PS4, ridiculous. all these old games you got to have like multiple platforms now. Mm-hmm. Old games like, or you got to buy these new games that are now reformatted right. for the new system. Come on, man. Well, I, I think the way I'm going to go is I'm going to keep my Wii U, keep playing that because I love the stuff that's coming out for it. But the PS4 is going to be the one that I add. The PS4 is Me what too. I'm going to add. And, that's what I'm going to do. And Microsoft has a lot of convincing to do between now and their November launch date. You the know? only thing uh, uh, Xbox has right now is they have the... Halo the, 5 the, they have the, Dead the Rising exclusive, 3. They have the exclusive games that are going to yeah. keep some people loyal to them. But those people got to have a lot of money. Mm-hmm. You know, these are kids we're talking about. These are gamers. You know, not everyone has unlimited resources. And the camera's and, always on. So, like, they're going to be watching a lot of people masturbate. And you can't disconnect. You can't disconnect. Right. Like, what? It, my voice just cracked. Yeah, <laughs> when I say masturbate, that's the voice I say masturbate. You, you, had, a, you had a flashback. I was, a, I was a prepubescent all yeah. of a sudden. What happened? You were like masturbate, snow job, snow job <laughs> on a on a ski <laughs> lift. <laughs> yeah, the, you know what, nobility. You got to have like flashbacks to when he wasn't Ooh. like a cool like rip roaring captain. Yeah, and he's oh, like, now we're gonna have to include yeah. snow jobs. Yeah, totally. and cast is like it's like and not the snow jobs. You gotta like I'm gonna regret this. We gotta cast like a young like 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 pubescent cast, and he's gonna be like. This is your first ship. One day you'll fly it, and he's like, "All right, <laughs> it'll be right. I can't wait." Now he'll he'll be completely. He won't care, and he'll just like try to go to the officers' yeah. lounge with all the hot women. Yeah, he's yeah. like, "Well, I'm, I mean, I'm going to the holodeck, deck, and we're going to do program ski lift number one." <laughs> yeah, no, like, like CAS nobility. I need that address of the Utah thing. You're talking <laughs> about. No, 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 yeah. the CAS nobility. You really think that's the, the name that's like really going to grab people? I'm telling you right now, right now, we're going to make it an official. Okay. Oh, okay. We're renaming it Space Pussy. Like that's, <laughs> <laughs> that's the new name of the Space series. Pussy. I'm just telling you. I mean, I'm not trying to run your Indiegogo campaign, no. but right now, you think the kids want to like like go on Google? Space and, jobs. Yeah, it was space jobs. Star yeah, star jobs. Man. Forget like, the space jobs. Space thing. jobs. Yeah. I'm just. I mean, you know, like the kids right now. I'm asking them right now. Go to Indiegogo and look for Nobility and donate what you can. How long does the campaign run? We've got about another 40 days left. Okay, how many? 40 days. Okay, 40 days. Jeez, you get gotta, it, what man. I'm telling you, somewhere around, <laughs> so I'm telling you right now, in about 20 days, EJ's going to start feeling the heat and be like, oh, we got to get this number up. Yeah. At that point, Nobility's going to have her name changed. <laughs> Spanks, Buzzing. It's going to get changed. Tell them you're right now. Cass gets some ass. Spank, It's going to be the I've ass Nobility. My, I got Woo! my assless chaps ready Woo! for the. Uh, you think Neil would have a problem with that? We're going to rename your character Captain Spinks. No, <laughs> guys, you think you think Neil would have a problem with that? Look at his hair. No, he's all no, about it. No. Are you kidding? That's he's going to he be directs, disappointed man. we didn't cast him as a captain. I just love that. <laughs> the, I just love that the artist over here, EJ, came in and was like, "Well, it's about uh, my childhood growing up as told through a spaceship, and, maximizing uh, your potential, uh, maximizing Didn't your you potential." Know? And it's like, no, we're going to turn it into Slut Factory in space <laughs> with a southern accent. With the Southern accent. Hell yeah! Why aren't we doing Southern accent? We should all do Southern accent right here. God damn it! EJ, Cass, where can these uh, fine folks that they want the conversation to continue find you guys online? What, what, tell them, tell them. Nobilitytheseries.com. Here, I'll, I'll even do the voice. Nobilitytheseries.com. Okay, and we we'll follow you on um, on Twitter. What's, what's that? That's at Cowboy Aaron. That's our production company, okay. Cowboy Aaron. And Cass, you're at Cass Anvar. Cass Anvar your is name? my Twitter. My name C A S A N V A R. Cool, cool. You follow yeah. Cass on, and EJ on Twitter, uh, and obviously or, go to or, uh, uh, or even on my website, CassAnvar.com. 
Perfect. Much, much harder to remember. And, and of course, <laughs> you guys can go to uh, Indiegogo and donate to Nobility. Uh, do it, or else, gonna, or else they're going to going to do the name change. Yeah. Uh, uh, you don't want to see that. Trust me. <laughs> you and you do not want to. I'll, I'll go nude if that's what it takes. I'll threaten <laughs> to go nude. Yeah, I think I think we just crashed the server. Yeah. <laughs> um, Guys, you can find everything we talk about at Geekscape.net. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube. Definitely subscribe. If you're listening to this on iTunes, subscribe to the uh, Geekscape iTunes uh, feed. You can also uh, subscribe off of the Toad Hop uh, site, the Geekscape site. Uh, I'm Jonathan Lennon, at Jonathan Lennon on Twitter. And for Kenny Craig, we'll see you guys next week on Geekscape, talking movies, video games, and comics. Peace. Have a great week. You're listening to the Toad Hop Network, radio worth watching.